0: there to john 21 uh when jeremy uh actually back in november jeremy had met with me and asked me if i would be willing to speak for him on january 2nd as he and the family were going to be on vacation that week and then while we were meeting he said hey ryan just in case just in case it happens and i get covid would you be willing to be emerg- an emergency fill-in for me and I said, yeah. So this week, Jeremy cashed in on that. So, and uh, so when he asked me about this, I started thinking, okay, what should I talk about this morning? And then I thought, well, just last week, I actually wrote uh, on John, this chapter, John 21. And in my writing, I titled it, Wind Roosters Crow. And so I thought, what a perfect opportunity for me to, to dig in deeper to what I was writing about last week and share it with you all this morning, especially still being within that Easter context, just two weeks after Easter. So here we're going to read John 21. This is one of my favorite stories in all the Bible. John chapter 21, verses 1 through 19. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, also known as the Sea of Galilee. friends, have it to you any fish? No, they answered. And he said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved, and this here who's speaking is John. John didn't necessarily referred to himself by his name John but he always referred to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved I always find that funny so the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter it is the Lord as soon as Simon Peter heard him say it is the Lord he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and jumped into the water the other disciples followed in the boat towing the net full of fish for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, "Bring some of the fish you have just caught." Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, "Come and have breakfast." You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted to. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. And Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There are times in life when we fail. Times that we prove our weakness. There may be even times in our lives when we turn our backs completely on God. And in those times, deep down inside, we might hear those roosters crowing. Reminding us. Of our failures. And this story in John chapter 21. Is among my favorites in all of scripture. Peter. Previously. Not too long before this. Peter had an opportunity to prove his total. Love and commitment and devotion. To Jesus. It was in the early morning hours. After Jesus had been arrested. He and John. He and The disciple that Jesus loved, were following you know a little at a safe distance from Jesus as Jesus was being led to the temple courtyards. Now John he had a connection with the high priest, so they let him in, no problem. And then once John vouched for Peter, then Peter was allowed to then come in as well. And we we know what happened from there, right? Peter had three opportunities to to confirm his love and devotion and, and to To show his absolute commitment to Jesus. And all three times Peter failed to do so. And then the rooster crowed. And and Peter fled weeping bitterly. Now Peter. This is a man who. When the waves were crashing around the boat. And this apparition came across the water claiming to be Jesus. He's the one who jumped out of the boat into the water to walk on the water. But then it was because of his lack of faith that he began to sink and cry out for help. Not understanding that Jesus was right there. Peter was the man that refused to allow Jesus to wash his feet because he didn't feel worthy of Jesus bending down before him. Again, not understanding what Jesus was really doing in that moment. And then Peter, he confidently spoke out that Jesus was the Messiah when when Jesus asked what the people were saying about him. And not only did he say that you're the Messiah, he, he claimed that he would die for Jesus. And then just shortly thereafter, when he had the chance to prove that he would be willing to put his life on the line for Jesus, he denied him. So here's Peter. Here's this man who is known for being quick to speak. He's quick to action. But he's slow to really understand the situation's at hand. His attention can so awfully quickly be, become diverted and, and, when, and he ends up making spontaneous decisions like jumping out of the, the boat during a storm. And in this moment in the temple courtyards when he has this opportunity to, to put that test on the line of saying, I will die for you. He failed to do so. And what I love about this story in in John, at the end of John, is that when Peter recognized who it was on the shore, and it was the disciple whom Jesus loved who first recognized him. Let's remember that. But when Peter realized that it was Jesus on the shore, he jumped out of the boat again. And he began to swim over to the shore because he could not get over to the bank, to the to the shore, to the to the beach quick enough to be able to embrace his Savior again. He put away his shame and his embarrassment of his past failures because he needed, he felt that need to be at the feet of Jesus again. Now, this was the third time, according to John. That Jesus appeared before his disciples after his resurrection. But this is the first time where we see a direct dialogue directly between Peter and, and Jesus. And Jesus handled this dialogue with Peter very carefully. And instead of handling it by punishing Peter or by reminding Peter of what had happened in the past. And reminding Peter of all his failures. He addresses Peter with the issue of love. There are two forms in the Greek, in the original Greek. There are two forms of the word love that show up. One is a term that I dare say that most of us are probably pretty familiar with. That's agape love. Which is total, committed, fully devoted love. Unconditional love. And then there's a second form of love that's mentioned in the original Greek during this conversation between Jesus and and Peter. And it's phileo, which is more of a brotherly love. It's it's a kind of love that bonds people together. It's a kind of love that that brings about long-lasting friendships, but it's not really full, total, committed, devoted love. Not quite to the extent of agape. And I find that... It's important understanding the difference between these two forms, between agape and phileo love, when we're reading this story. So Jesus starts off the conversation by saying, Simon, son of John, do you agape me more than these? So first of all, it must have been a little bit of a jolt for, for Peter to be called Simon. Jesus calling him by his birth name instead of the name that Jesus had given to him. Not Peter, not Petra, not the rock. Just simply Simon, son of John. And then secondly, what could Simon, son of John, love more than Jesus? And the answer is right there in front of them. His previous career as a fisherman... Simon had built up a reputation for the business he was in before giving it up to follow Jesus. And rather than continuing the path that he started three years prior with Jesus, he chose to go back to his old profession. Yes, Lord. You know that I phileo you is the Greek version. So here, Peter is declaring his long-lasting love for Jesus. But full, unconditional, devoted love? Not quite. Feed my lambs. Simon, son of John, do you agapis me? From Peter's perspective, um, yeah, Jesus, didn't you hear me the first time? You know that I phileus you. Take care of my sheep. Now Jesus takes a step back, realizing that, once again, Peter is not quite understanding the situation. Not really quite understanding what Jesus is asking. And here, Jesus makes a slight change in speech. Simon, son of John. Do you phileus me? A third time, Jesus referred to Peter by his birth name, asking Peter to confirm not just his love, but his devotion. And at this point, Peter's hurt. He's feeling this deep hurt. I don't think he necessarily was hurt in terms of not thinking that Jesus loves him or not thinking that Jesus believes him, but I, I wonder if the memories of that night in the temple courtyard are flooding his soul. I wonder if the images are coming back, and I wonder if he's hearing deep down in his mind the rooster crowing. And I wonder if they're on the beach if his eyes were starting to tear up and well up and, and the tears falling down on the sand below, Lord, in a quivering, whispered voice, you know all things. You know that I love you. But again, a third time, Peter confessed phileo, love, rather than agape love. Feed my sheep. Let go of the profession that you love so much and follow me. Turn your Phileas love for me into the kind of love that I have for you. Agape love. Follow the lifestyle and the, the example that I called you to, even though it is going to lead you to death. What's more important? This business... That you've built up for yourself? Or are the people that we have helped over these last three years more important than your very life? Once you understand the difference between my love for you and your love for me, will you understand? In this moment, Jesus is asking Peter to put aside the things of this world and to sacrifice himself through agape love for the sake of others, just as Jesus himself sacrificed his life for the sake of the world as an act of agape love. Total committed devotion and love and unconditional love. Yes, Peter failed to prove his devotion to Jesus many times. Even during the course that, they, that he was following Jesus. But here on the beach next to the Sea of Galilee, Jesus gives Peter a second chance at redemption. And he's not focusing on what Peter's done in the past, he's focusing on Peter himself. And he's reinstating Peter. Despite all of Peter's past failures, Jesus still proves the confidence that he has in Peter, the rock. It's not about past business ventures. It's not even about past failures. It's about what Jesus sees in Peter. A man who exudes strength of character despite the humanness that sometimes causes him to fall. Jesus didn't judge Peter. He reinstated him. Here on the beach next to the Sea of Galilee, Jesus commissioned Peter to continue the work of feeding people, healing people, loving people, taking care of people, and leading others to the feet of the Messiah, just as Peter was led to the Messiah just a few years before this. In one of his most popular conversations that we quite often quote, that Most people outside of the church even know Jesus is talking with this man, Nicodemus, in the middle of the night. And he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. But Jesus didn't just leave that conversation there. Jesus went on to say, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. And here on the beach, Jesus is proving that to Peter. I don't condemn you for your failures. We're good. I know that you love me. In fact, I know that despite past failures, you love me so much that you will follow me as best as you can. So I have an even bigger Job for you? Do you think you can handle it? Now, I don't have a cool nickname like The Rock. I'm just Ryan. Plain old Ryan. There's nothing special about me, there's nothing that sets me apart. But yet, I identify with Peter here in this story. Ryan. Do you agape me more than these? You know, that's an excellent, excellent question. More than what? What is it in my life that is holding me back from a truly devoted love for Jesus? Ryan, do you agape me? I don't know. Even right now, as I'm speaking, deep down inside, I hear the roosters crowing. I'm not quite sure what you're talking about, Jesus. Ryan, do you agapis me? Honestly, Jesus, I don't know. I would love to say that I do. If nothing else, I keep coming back to you. I want to prove my devotion to you. I want to feed and take care of your sheep. But I'm not sure what to do or how to go about it. Please lead me and guide me. Please extend to me the forgiveness and the grace and the mercy that you extended to Peter that morning on the beach. I don't know what to do how to do it, but I'll try. This morning, we are going to be taking communion here shortly, and I think this is a great note to be going into communion. What is it that's keeping you back, that's holding you back to this fully devoted love for Jesus Christ, and not just Jesus, but for for those around you as well? So I'm going to ask Doug Mercer to come forward now to lead us in this time of communion.